0: You are listening to the Grace of Bel-Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. Morning, for leading us this morning such a beautiful beautiful love song to the lord oh god we love you so much god lord i pray that everything that we do today would come from that heart oh god we sang a song of love to you god i pray that this message would be an offering unto you of love lord jesus Oh, God, that it wouldn't be me who's speaking, oh, God, that, uh, God, we don't need a speech today, God, but we need the very words of the living God working in us, oh, God. God, we ask you, would you open our hearts to receive from you and to hear what you are saying to your church? We love you. In your precious holy name, all God's people say, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles or phone or app, would you turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 2? Oh, man, the book of Acts, probably one of my favorite books of all time. We're entering into a new series called Build Your Church. How many know that Christ is the one who builds his church? That Christ is the one who lifts up these people that puts them together and gives us a mission to go forth. I believe this series is so special and so important because I believe that the best days for the body of Christ are still ahead of us. How many of you believe that this morning? That the best days of the body of Christ, the greatest seasons of harvest, the greatest seasons of new people coming to know God are still ahead of us. I believe that God, that he is ready to pour out and he desires a bride and a church who's ready for his spirit, amen? Amen, I believe that the greatest things of revival, the greatest days of God moving here in our land are still to come. And I don't know about you, but I wanna be part of that. I don't know about you, but I wanna be part of the move of God here on our nation, here in our country Oh, Lord, I just believe that God, you, you, God, are the one who holds us and leads us and that the best is yet to come for his bride. I don't know about you, but I've had my car for about six years now. I have a black Honda Civic, and I've had that car for now six years. So how many of you know, if you don't regularly take it to the wash, what happens? It gets really, really dirty, and I learned that very quickly because I, it took me a while before I realized, I think something's wrong with my car. Something smells a little funky in here. Oh my gosh, look at all this pollen all over my car. Look at all of this. How many of you know also I, I park underneath a tree? There's birds in trees. <laughs> and my car was covered in poop. You know? And then also just the, every single day, day in, day out, the grind of just going, doing about your business. How many of you know it kicks up a lot of dirt and it begins to catch all over the car. And before you know it, that car that you bought all those years ago, those was brand spanking new, that was just amazing. All of a sudden you're like, whose car is this? It's a mess. What happened to it? I don't even recognize it anymore. It's covered with so many things. So what do you do when your car is a mess, when your car is all covered? When, when all the buildup of things have been building up on your car, you take it to a car wash. I loved the car wash when I was a kid. I thought it was one of the coolest things going in there. I thought it was you're inside a spaceship from Star Wars and you're about to go into hyperdrive. You go in there and start shooting the soap on the car. They start shooting the water in the car and those massive turbines start moving and start cleaning out the car. And the car comes out of the car wash and all of a sudden it's back to what it was intended to be. Today, I believe that God wants to do that very same thing with our hearts how many of you know i'm 25 years old i've had this heart longer than six years and over time things can just like a car can build up and build up and build up cover it with dirt uh, bird poop um, just pollen the same things happen to our hearts Before we know it, we're walking about everyday life, and we look back and we wonder, how did I get here? You begin to think of days of old when, God, I remember when I was on fire for you. Oh, God, what happened to my heart? And God, I believe today that through his word, he wants to be like that washing machine, that we put our hearts into his hands, And all of a sudden, all that buildup, you name it, you name it, whatever that buildup is, all that buildup, all of a sudden begins to be washed away. Our hearts begin to become new. Our minds again become renewed. And then our souls begin to be lifted up this morning. And I believe that the word of God today is going to be like that washing machine for your heart. The question is, this morning, are we willing to give God our heart to do what he wants to do? How many know the car will stay dirty unless I choose to put it through the car wash? Today, I believe God is giving an invitation to every heart in this place. Wherever it may be that you are, come, today is your day to be washed again. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. God, I pray that you would speak this morning. Have your way, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. God's spirit is the one who changes us. God's spirit is the one that when we come near to him. When we draw near to the heart of God, it is the heart of God, him encountering us, that leads our hearts to all of a sudden be undone, open before God, and a transformation and a change begin to happen. It is is the presence of God, when we draw near to him, that leads our hearts to become renewed in his presence. I believe that today, it personally and in a corporate sense, it is God's spirit that is going to renew us. It is the first presence, it's, it's the that f- that drawing back to the first love of God that, that begins to swell up inside of us when we draw near to his heart. I believe during worship, many of us were drawing near to the heart of God. I, was, I watched you guys up here. I saw some of you just giving Jesus your everything this morning. God was drawing you near, drawing you to his heart. And it, there's a renewing and a washing that begins to happen. In the book of Acts, there's this great encounter and outpouring of God's spirit all over God's people. And it's a day that we today know as Pentecost. It is a famous day in church history where God met his people poured out his spirit upon them, and filled them with the very Holy Spirit of God. And the writer who records this in the book of Acts, his name is Luke. He's the disciple Luke. And after he records about this great moment where God and his people came together, he then records what was the ripple effect from that. I know I grew up in South America in Chile. And and let me tell you, in Chile, there's a lot of earthquakes, (laughs) Earthquakes happen all the time. I got used to them. I would eat cereal in the morning, and the, the table would start shaking, and I would just keep eating, which is crazy now to me, but it we was just totally normal. But when there is an earthquake, how many you know there is an epicenter, a moment of contact, but then there are waves that go out. Here, Luke, in the book of Acts, he begins to record there was this monumental moment, like an Earthquake that broke through through the day of Pentecost, and then he begins to talk about then what was the effect of what God has done with His people. Follow me to verse forty-two. Here it starts, Acts two, verse forty-two. It says, "And they talking about the disciples that had this encounter with God, that gave their life to the Lord, and this is about three thousand people. The Book of Acts tells us, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching." And to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. The word of God shows us that that in this moment, these people, after having this experience with God, what broke through in them was a renewed love for a multifaceted things. And the first one I want to talk about is that there was a renewed sense of love for the word of God, the scriptures. The teachings of the apostles, the very words of God that were written out of his people. God's word is powerful. If you go with me to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, listen to this. The writer of Hebrews says that the word of God is living, it is active, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces in division of the soul and the spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. If you follow me and then go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, listen to this. It says that all scripture, the word of God... It is breathed out by God, and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And that a man of God or a woman of God may be competent, equipped for every good work that God prepares for them. The word of God is something that that the, the scriptures teach us is that it teaches us. It informs us of what God thinks. It informs us of what God has done. It informs us of of, of who God is. And The word of God also leads us in in the direction that he wants to take us. The Bible says that the word of God is like a lamp onto our feet that shows you the path forward. When everything is cloudy and, and the next step, you can't even see what's coming next, he says the word of God will show you what your next step is. He will show you the path to go forth. And it says that the word of God is also what corrects us, what teaches us, what, what, what be, even the word says to rebuke us. If you ever are reading the word of God and something offends you in the word of God, I want to tell you something, God isn't wrong. I know that is very countercultural today. But as people of God, we must have this very base knowledge of things. We humble ourselves before God. Because the, the the our created being is limited. Our minds can't wrap around everything. We must be humble enough to say, I don't know everything. I'm still growing. I'm just still moving forward. I'm still trying to understand this thing. And if you ever read the word of God and something seems like, whoa, I don't know about that. Let me tell you, God isn't wrong. God isn't wrong. It's a humility that we take before God. Uh, I know, how many of you have used hand sanitizer? I'm sure all of us can raise our hands, hopefully. All of us that use our hands, especially after the two years that we had, there was hand sanitizer everywhere, everywhere. I would go, and it was like, oh, use this, use this. Okay, you put it, they zap your head to see your temperature, give you some more hand sanitizer. Some of the hand sanitizer we used smelled awful. It was the worst. You spray it on there. You smell it like, this smells worse than before. This is the worst. But it was smelling. But what was the purpose of all the hand sanitizer was to cleanse. It was to clean. It was to take off all the bacteria whatever is on your hands. And how many know if you, if you normally just do it, it doesn't hurt. You put it on, you wash it, cleans it, and then boom, you're ready. But what happens when you have a paper cut? Phew. can be the smallest little paper cut. But as soon as you go... Your whole hand is on fire. <laughs> You're like, what? what's wrong with my hand? What did they put in this stuff? And you look and you see you got this tiny little paper cut in your hand. And your hand's burning. Why is it burning? Because everything else was, was, uh, was closed. It had skin on it. But that one area, that one piece, that one moment, that one place was the area that actually needed it the most because it was exposed. The word of God is like that too. When we read the word of God, we receive the teachings of the Holy Spirit, we receive the teachings of of God, who he is, what he has for us. It's like that hand sanitizer that cleanses us, it purifies us, it leads us, but if there's an area inside of us that like that little paper cut, Sometimes it burns. Sometimes it burns. but let me tell you, that's not a bad thing. When you have an infection, you got to pour that alcohol on it. How many know that burns? How many know that's a good thing? It's refining, it's teaching, it's, it's pruning. There's moments that I've read the scriptures and I, I've been personally, my flesh has been personally offended by what the word of God says. My mind has been personally caught off guard by what the word of God says. Okay, God, you said love, love you with all my heart and give you my everything. God, I can do that, I can do that. Okay, love your neighbor like yourself. Okay, yes, I love my neighbor. I love me. Oh, love. Oh, love. I love it. This is so good. But then the word of God goes farther, and Jesus said, love those who hate you. Love those who talk bad about you. Love those who persecute you, who can't pay you back. And all of a sudden, my flesh is offended. What do you mean? love my enemies and that's the moment where we submit ourselves to God and we let him let him correct us in the inside and we say okay God I don't understand it it seems kind of dumb they hate me and you want me to love them but you're not wrong so I will submit myself to what you're saying God I will let you lead me. I will let you change me. I will let you cleanse me. It might burn a little bit, but I know it is for my good. How do you know everything God says is for our good? He loves us. He's a good father. The word of God not only corrects us, but it says that it also strengthens us. I love this scene in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is brought to the desert. To be tempted by the enemy. If you could put up Matthew 4 verses, i.e., yeah, verses 3. It says, and the tempter came and said to him, to Jesus, he says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. The devil was trying to trick Jesus, was trying to make him not trust in God, was trying to make him sin against God. And look what Jesus' response to the devil was. And the next says, he answered, it is is written what was jesus's means of fighting the devil fighting the temptation of this world it is written the word of god is our strength is the sword and our shield if jesus used it how many of you know we really gotta use it <laughs> jesus being perfect the son of god he was tempted and he used the word of god as his sword against the temptations of the enemy. And then he continues, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes, that proceeds, that comes from the very mouth of God. Let me tell you, I love bread. I love it, maybe a little too much. I love bread. It's, it's so good, it's filling, it's sustaining But what God is teaching us this morning, God, I want to love your word more than I even love my bread. More than than I need food to sustain me. More than I need those calories to keep me going. God, I need your words to be written on my heart. That's what I need to live this life. His word is all these things. It is so true. It is is these pillars. It is these very strong things. It, It is, you know, but I just, my heart says that many of us stop at that place. It stays there. And the Bible is the word of God, you know, a good tool, a good thing, a good guide. And I'll take it, and let me tell you, all those things are good. But I just sensed the heart of the Father this morning for his children as I was preparing for this. He doesn't want it just to be a standard that's here, that we just, appear, and we honor, and we respect it. But God wants it to be something that we take and we love and we hold dear to our hearts. Because I've seen this and I, I'm a witness to this. The word of God is all those things, but it's also hope and tragedy. The Word of God has also been my joy in my sorrow and my mourning. The Word of God has also been my peace in the middle of the storm. And the Word of God has been a love letter from my perfect Father to me. Today, God wants us to treasure His words, to not just respect them as we should but to love them, just enjoy them, like I enjoy a good sandwich. I want to enjoy the word of God. I I remember when me and my now wife were dating, she would write me notes to me. Beautiful notes. I remember she came to visit during the Christmas season and she had to go back to Virginia because we were doing long distance. And she wrote me this beautiful note saying love from Skylar. And she she wrote it down, she folded it, and then she left it on my desk in my house. And then she went back to Virginia. Let me tell you the feeling that hit my heart the moment I went up to my room and I saw these words that were written by someone I love. I treasured those words. They they became something that I read over and over again. I would sit there and I'd be doing work on my computer and I kept it right there by my laptop. And I would read it and it would encourage me. It would spur me on. It reminded me how loved I was. It reminded me that she was there for me. And if those words written by a human being have that effect on us, How much more should the very words of God move our hearts? Oh, God, this letter of love that you've given to us. Oh, God, we love your word. Would you renew a love for your word? The second thing that an encounter with God's spirit does to us is this. It renews a love for God's people. If you go then back to Acts chapter 2 verse 42 that same first verse it says and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and then to what to fellowship the same devotion that they had for the word of god what was stirred in them what god birthed in them was a devotion for god's people they were devoted to fellowship and to breaking of prayer and to and to prayer breaking bread and prayer Verse 43 says, all came upon every soul about every, and one, as many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. That's the phrase, they had everything in common? I would read that, and I'm like, God, you get 15 people in a room, we don't have everything in common. <laughs> Let alone 3,000? And we had everything in common. How many know you get a room full of three thousand people? There are going to be disagreements. How many know you get a room full of three thousand people? There's going to be preferences. I like this song better than that song. Oh, I like I like that better than that. So how is it be that a room of three thousand people could say? We had everything in common. The word is teaching us. It wasn't that they were clones of each other, that they had everything in common. What we're saying is that they had the most important thing in common. And that was Jesus was their Savior. Many of us are here come from very different backgrounds. We have so many different stories. Uh, Like I love hearing the testimonies of how God met you. And there's so so many different ways that God has met you. But what's so beautiful about that, all of us have different backgrounds, different history, different life experiences. But we've all come to one place that we can say we have everything in common. Jesus saved me. I was lost, broken. I didn't know which way I was going. And God met me. And when other people come to me and they tell me this story, yeah, I was in college. And then, and then I met Jesus. I'm like, yes, me too, bro. <laughs> you know, somebody says, oh, I, I ran away from God, but God blessed me with a child. And, and then it was my child that brought me back to God. I'm like, praise God. He met you too. And maybe it was something that something happened at work that, that God sent somebody to your work. And invited you to the house of God and you came and you experienced the love of a heavenly father that totally wrecked you and changed your life. We have all things in common. We have the greatest thing in common. It's that God died and saved and was raised from the dead for us. We're alive because of him. There, there is something that the Holy Spirit does in us when we draw near to his presence is that it begins to birth in us a brand new supernatural kind of love for the people of God. Let me tell you, and, and, and I've been there. I've been there. It is very easy to come to church and feel absolutely nothing for anybody. In that room, it's very easy to come into a room full of people and put on a smile and not feel a thing for anybody. Something that God, the Holy Spirit, has been stirring, and I believe He's doing in His church, He's renewing a level of love for God's people. That is birth of the Holy Spirit. I ask God, God, would you give me this kind of love that every person that I talk to, God, I would actually love them? I would actually see them, hear them, not, not as a, another person, but as your very son and your very daughter. I look out even right now and I see this. And I see God's favor and love for all of you. I see that each and every one of you were created in the image of God. We're brought into the family and the household of God. That ever since you were knitted together in your mother's womb, God had a purpose for you. That your your life mattered. And that today, here you are because God brought you here. The question is, oh God, would you give us that heart, God? That the person that we see right in front of us, God, that you would do something supernatural in us. That we would be a very genuine just, I love this person. I love this person. It's something that is born of the Holy Spirit. It is something that God has to do. It is something we must give our hearts to God and let him do the work to bring us to that place. It, it, it is love that it was expressed. It is love that, that God birthed in them for one another. And then the next, the third thing that God did and renewed and changed in their life was God renewed and, and, and birthed in them a new love. For the presence of God. And back in verse 42. See this again. It says that they were devoted to the apostles teaching. They were devoted to the word. They were devoted to fellowship. Breaking of bread. They were devoted to God's people. Community together. And it was this. And they were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to commune with God. Connecting with him. If you then follow me to verse 46 again. It says this. It says, and day by day, attending the temple together. It says that day by day, they went to the temple together. They pursued the presence of God together, and they broke bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. There's a a spirit-born birth desire that happens, that comes to us when the presence of God encounters us, whether that is alone, it could be in our room, a very personal encounter we've had with God, or if it's in a corporate setting where we all together encounter the presence of God together. Here we see that they did both. They would do it. It was a very personal thing in their homes together. But then it was also a very public, corporate thing together, going to the very house of God to give him what he is worthy of. There was a hunger that was there. And, and, and today, as I was preparing for this, I just felt God just remind me of those moments that he met me. Remind me of the times where where, where I just remember just Holding all the weight of the world, what it felt like, and God met me. Where, where where I was in a place where where I was maybe just confused and I didn't know which way to go, and I felt like like my life was like sand sleeping through my hand. And I but I decided I'm gonna go to the house of God. And I encountered the very presence of God, and he lifted me up. I don't know how many here can be witnesses to God's presence coming and picking you up. And all of a sudden, when we have those encounters with God's presence, all of a sudden, God's presence becomes everything that we want. There's this beautiful verse in Psalm 84, verse 1 and 2, I'm going to read. And this is a psalmist that he's saying these things about God's house, God's presence, where he is, where he dwells. And he says, oh, God, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, it even faints for the courts of God. What is the courts of God? That's talking about God's presence, where he is. It says, I, my, my soul longs for it. It's even fainting. I can feel myself just 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 needing it, being desperate for it. Oh, for your presence. It's my heart and my flesh. They sing for joy to the living God. Then you can go to verse number 10. It says, for a day in your court, the day in your presence is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be the doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Next verse. For the Lord God is a sun, and he is a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. I read that verse, and the question that comes to my head is, Josh, what's your favorite place to be? Maybe it's Golden Corral after church. That's a good place to be. It's good. Maybe it's a, maybe it's the Raven Stadium. Right in the middle of the, the playoffs. I love it. The energy, the buzz, it the, the passion that's there. Maybe, maybe it's for me, I, maybe it's the front row of your favorite band. The the best place to enjoy music and the food and all these things, those great things that God has given us. And all those things come close. They come and and they're like, oh, I love those places. Those are so, so good places. The question then begins, do I love the house of prayer more than those? Do I have the same level of anticipation and passion? Oh, I can't wait to go to that game. Oh, I can't wait for what's going to happen at that show. Oh, I can't wait to go eat that buffet. We have passion for many of these things. The question is, do, do, is, is this verse true of me? Is the, would I rather be in the presence of God than a thousand days anywhere else? Would I rather be the doorkeeper to a prayer room Would I rather hold the door open for people, for the God's presence, than be anywhere else in this world? It's when we draw in and we begin, God begins to move in us and he begins to work in us. And he says, God, this psalm, I see it, God. I see it, God. And if you're in this place right now and you're feeling like, I don't know if that's true of me. You can be honest with God. God is not intimidated by honesty. I think it's refreshing probably to God. God, my heart isn't there. My heart isn't there. Maybe you're here and you say, I remember a day when it was though. I remember a day when my heart was there. But just like the car, it feels like things have been piling up, filling the heart. Today, God is inviting you. Why not let it be today? Be my first love in your heart. God, we we just want to take a second and just, just be like, God, give us this heart. We want this heart. Hmm. It is a never-ceasing connection to our God. Um, I remember, I mean, it was early 2000s. I started seeing those little, um, what are they called, Bluetooth speaker phones that people kept in their ear to talk on the phone. I remember seeing that, and I thought I was in Star Trek. I was like, this is crazy. I've never seen that before. Where people would be walking down the street and they'd be talking, holding this whole conversation. And what I felt like was crazy people talking to the air. say, <laughs> like, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden they turn their head and you would see the whole thing. Like a brick on their face. And all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, that's a phone. They're talking to somebody. You know, many times, many of us, we 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 like to pick up the phone early in the morning before our days, and be like, hey God, good morning. Good morning. I love you, would you help me throughout my day? But what many times happens, that moment ends and we we hang up and go about our day. My prayer for me and for all of us is that we, we would never want to hang up the phone on God. That we would say, good morning God, I love you, thank you. Would you help me today? Would you lead me today? Wait a second, I'm putting you on Bluetooth. And then go about my day. Never ceasing prayer. This is not just on my knees in in the altar. But this is every day of my life. Every moment, oh God, that I would be tapped in, abiding in you to know that, God, you're there with me. So, this is when you go to work and you have those meetings with those old, th- different people. God wants you there. This is the moments when you go out and have fun with your friends to have God's ear there. Those moments when we went to the beach yesterday with a group of us to know that God is there with us, there too. It is an ever present connection and communion with God that it never ends. Oh, the God that our hearts would be just longing to talk to you. This is something that I just, God just put on my heart that just wrecked me. And I've said it before. I don't want to get to heaven and feel like I'm just meeting God. I want to know God as much humanly possible a man can know him on this side of eternity. I want to walk into heaven and see him and not be like, Oh, this is awkward. (laughs) Sorry I didn't talk to you. But to be like, come into heaven. You see him and it's like, there you are. There you are, Father. God wants to renew in us a love for his presence again. I'd like to invite the team, if you guys would come up and minister in this moment. And I'll be honest, I read this next portion and, and I lost it in the first service. I just started crying. So maybe I'll do a little better this service and I'll hold it in. <laughs> the, question, the question then that comes to my heart is why? Why do I even need this? Why does God desire this for his people? Why does he want us to have a renewed love for his word a renewed love for his people and a renewed love for his dear presence and here's the answer i believe it's in verse 47 of acts 2 praising god and having favor with all the people and the lord it says this and the lord added it to their number day by day those who were being saved I don't know about you, but I want to see the lost be saved. Why does this all matter? I believe because it is a powerful move of God that we begin to see people far from God be drawn near. When his church begins to step into what God has called her to, We begin to see families be reunited. We begin to see the broken find restoration. We begin to see those kids that are just struggling. just their purpose and aim in life. Find purpose and meaning to all of it. We get to see a generation brought home to the house of God. I'd like to invite you to, if you could stand with me this morning, if you would bow your heads to before the presence of God. God is here. God is here. For some of you today, right now, it's your moment. It's your moment. You've been carrying a lot. There's been a lot of buildup in the heart. Something's felt clogged. And I believe the Holy Spirit is about to be like a power washer in your heart. And clean that out. Some might be just the weirdness of this world. Some might be an offense or something that's happened. But Abba, He wants to clean out your heart. Lord wants to renew just new levels of love. I just believe he wants to bring and call back the first love I want to invite the prayer teams if you'd come forward this morning just be ready to receive people as they might pray need prayer Mm. I sense that some may be in this place and there's a a level even shame of, a remembrance of, God, I, I once was on fire. I once was there. The Father's love is over you today. There's no shame over you. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but there is an invitation. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. I reward those who seek me and seek me genuinely. Just want to invite if this is you and you need a touch from heaven, God is here. We we thank you, God. Lord, today we come before you with hearts wide open to you, God. Lord, we ask you, would you come meet us here today? God, would you renew in us, oh God, a love for your word. That it would be a sustenance to our lives. Words that we treasure and we love. God, would you renew in us a love for your people, God? God, we release of anything that's been holding us back, any stumbling block, oh God, who's been causing any sort of anything that that might be coming against the love we have for people. God, I pray that you would renew a love and a passion for our brothers and our sisters in the faith, oh God. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you would just renew in us a love for your presence. Oh, God, that anywhere else in the world doesn't compare to what it's like to be with you. Oh, God, that just as we are like, oh, I can't wait to go to that. We would say, oh, God, I can't wait to go to my secret place with you, God, and to pray. Oh, God, that we would hear your voice as your people God, I pray that you would just renew this love in us. And God, all of this, let it work together as you set your church on fire, oh God, to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth here on this world. For the world needs to hear of the one who died, who paid a price for our salvation. This world needs to hear of the eternal, perfect Father who fought to get his kids back the world needs to hear the world needs to hear oh God would you multiply your church would you add on to your people day by day those who are being saved oh God that you stir in the church today a passion to see the lost be found oh God I pray you Holy Spirit would you would you blow in this place over our hearts to see to see the lost be found God, would you move in us, oh God. God, give us your eyes to see. When this world is raging, when this world is running away from you, oh God, that we would not see the world, God, as the enemy, but we would see it as your prize. That, God, it's the people you died for. It's the people you brought, the people you you love and you want them home, oh God. So, God, as we celebrate the fact that life, God, your life, God, is so precious in your sight, oh God, let us not forget That you love even the people, God, who have been saying things that have been so contrary to you. Even the people that hate you, God. The people that have been cursing your name. Oh, God, you died for them, too. Oh, God, you died for them, too. So, God, let us be the church. That it shines on a hill. Let us not be a church that throws stones and that says things that fights and it says all these things, but God. Let us be a church that stands strong on the gospel of Jesus Christ, knowing that you died and you saved and that you're alive today. God, we thank you, Jesus. Let us be your people, God, and reflect your love, oh God. God, every life is precious in your sight. Every life, oh God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. So we offer ourselves, oh God, and we say, use us, Lord, to be your hands and your feet. Use us, Lord, to be your hands and your feet. Use us, God, to reflect your heart and to show people who you are. God, we love you. And your precious holy name, powerful name that breaks chains, moves mountains, transforms nations, we all say, amen. Amen. Anyway, can we give a shout to praise to the Lord this morning? We thank him for what he has done. Amen. I just want to encourage you, church. This is our official dismissal. You, God bless you. Have an incredible week. Have an incredible rest of your day. We love you so much. I love you so much. How about you tell two or three people on your way out that you love them, you're glad to see them, and have a great rest of your week.